you're hungry because you're listening to 3Yum6, your podcast guide to all the eats in the 316. I'm your host, David. I'm in my new basement. I'm talking to you from here. We are very excited about today's episode. We sat down with Mama Duda herself, Timory Shibley, out at Duda Diner. She was kind enough to talk to us about a lot of great stuff going on with Duda. And I'm going to get into that here in a second, but I got a couple things to remind you guys about. Central Market Wine and Spirits. They got all the things you need. Central Market Wine and Spirits. Pay attention if you should heed. I don't know. I, I was, yeah. Anyway, Central Market Wine and Spirits, corner of Central and Oliver. You guys know we love them. They got the great alcohols, perfect for game day, any day. Any, they have liquor and wine and beer and anything you need for any day of the week that ends in day. Let me just say it that way. So go check them out. Tell them the Wichita Podcast and 3M6 sent you. While we're at it, WichitaRewards.com. Um, you guys have heard us talk about them before. I was just telling my wife, we need, we, we need to go to these places because there's some great options on here. Um, you go to Wichita Brewing Co. You guys ever been to WBC? Love it. 10% off all food items. What? 10%? That gets you some money real quick. Spend $12 or more at the No Bake Cafe, friends of the show. Get yourself a free single scoop. Or go to the Tea House, 20% off all drinks, no limit. Look at all these ways you're going to save money. And all you have to do is spend not $20. You go on wichitarewards.com and you enter code word Wichita podcast. You're spending $15 and you're saving money. I'm serious, guys. If you haven't done this yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, I know you guys eat at these different places. You got to go check it out. There's so many great options. Anyway, like I said, we sat down with Mama Duda herself. Um, we did a podcast with her, which you're obviously listening to and you're about to hear right now. There is also a little short blog that I did. Um, it's got a couple different links on there. A lot of great pictures and videos if you want to go check that out. But also, the Pig Out Bros also went and chowed down on some Sunday brunch buffet. Guys, this brunch buffet was unbelievable. The food you got for the money you spend. We did not necessarily eat a bunch of food like the Pig Out Bros typically do. We did a little more highlighting, showcasing of the food. Um, both of the owners walked us through a lot of the goodies that they serve. It was unreal. Go check out that video on YouTube. Uh, just type in Pig Out Bros or 3M6. You can find it on the internets. And by the internets, I mean the website as well. So. Hope you guys enjoy. This was a super-sized episode, um, but it was one of the best interviews we've ever done. So go check it out and uh, then go eat at some Duda. All right. Hey, everyone. We are down here at 206 East Kellogg Street. We are at the Duda Diner. I am alongside my good friend, Andrew. Hello. Hello, David. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing just fine. Actually doing more than just fine. I'm feeling great. You're feeling Happy great? Happy to be here. I love it. Well... No one wants to hear from us. We want to hear from our special guest today. Can you please introduce yourself? Well, hello there. It's Timory Shibley, otherwise known as Mama Duda here. Mama Duda. I Mama like that. Duda. Can I call you Mama Duda? You sure can. Yes. I love that so much. Well, Mama Duda, thank you for having <laughs> us today. Um, we've got a lot of exciting stuff we're going to ask you about, talk to you about. Uh, Duda Diner is coming up on the 10-year anniversary. We're going to kind of get into that. and uh, But let's get started about... The Mama Duda, when she was a baby Duda. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ties to Wichita. 
Well, <clears throat> I was definitely a baby here in Duda. Um, my husband and I, both Patrick and I, um, born and bred, born and raised here in Wichita. Um, I went, I graduated from Southeast High School in 85. He graduated from Capon in 84. We had all the same friends. We, um, but we were really just acquaintances. He and I, I don't know that we ever singly hand our own conversation, but we were, we just all hung out at all the same places. So we know who each other were. Um, and then I went off for 25 years after I graduated high school, I went to K-State and then I landed in Kansas City for the better part of 25 years. Oh, I was gonna say, were you at K-State for 25 years? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, boy, <laughs> that's a new record. No, but if I had it to do all over again, I certainly would have done that fifth year. Okay. Like, why not? Agreed. Like, yeah. what's the rush? Right. Oh, anyway. Um, yeah, so then I ended up, my life was in Kansas City post-K-State. Um, I was supposed to be a teacher. However, patience is what hospitals have, not me. <laughs> okay. And a good friend of mine went to work for U.S. Sprint. It was U.S. Sprint back in those days. And in sales. And I applied and um, got hired on. And the rest was history. I was no more... I thought maybe teaching down the road when I had kids, maybe I'd go back to it someday. But now I was off and running in in sales, and I really enjoyed an amazing career. Whether it was selling long distance or yellow pages, advertising, um, parts and equipment for asphalt plants, um, I've always loved a position where I got to build customer relationships. And I loved that part. So um, I was in Kansas City. And um, Patrick, Patrick had moved back to the Wichita area when his father was passing away back in 2007. And he transferred actually from the Yaya's that was in Denver um, to come to Wichita. He had been with the PB&J restaurant group for close to 15 years. Um, all over different concepts in Kansas City for a long a, a bit of the time was in Denver and so he moved back to Wichita in 07 and then um, he was the GM over here in Bradley Fair and I had come home for the holidays um, for Thanksgiving and it was the Friday night and my girlfriend and I uh, met up there and he greeted us at the door and um, they were friends too. And it just became, he, we all ended up going out that night together. And it was like a big high school reunion from the east side of town from the mid eighties. And it was a lot of fun. And we ended up actually um, dating long distance for nearly a year with me in Kansas City. Wow. And him here in Wichita, which was great because <laughs> I finally figured out how to date in my single motherhood as I had been divorced for six years. And my daughters, well, our daughters, at the time that we got married, they were 11 and 13 to a bachelor. Can you imagine a bachelor? He had a German shepherd, had never been married, had no kids. 
Wow. And he ended up marrying a woman <laughs> with two daughters um, right at 11 and 13. And it, it was, I mean, yeah, nah, he was, he's been an amazing, amazing bonus dad to those guys. But um, yeah, so we ended up dating long distance for nearly a year. And he kept thinking he would be moving from Wichita to the Kansas City market with PB&J. Right. So, but it was a great, I used to, I would come home every other weekend when my daughters went to their fathers and I'd come to Doodah. It'd be, that was our nickname for Wichita was right. Doodah. So I'd go home to Doodah and see my mom, see my grandma, you know, get to see my boyfriend. And it, it was great. And then, um, and so then life changed. I had a change of job unexpectedly and it kind of boosted me into, hey, Patrick was like, um, yeah, I don't really want you finding another job in Kansas City. Why don't we look at moving you and the kids to Wichita? So long story short, um, moved here. We got married and um, we've been married 13 years this May. And yes, the diner is 10 years. It's been our baby. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, the diner came along um, when we had been married about two and a half, yeah, just over two years. And no, it, it wasn't a dream. Patrick made a decision to leave the PB&J organization to uh, go to another restaurant tour and be a managing partner. And that opportunity just did not pan out like we had hoped. And he literally spent 18 months pounding the streets looking for a job um, to the point where he was at that point, I think 40, 44. And, you know, he had been the exact, you know, the general manager over several restaurants. I mean, he had so much experience. He had earned such a high wage and they could hire someone in half his age, pay him half as much and work him twice as hard. So Patrick really had a struggle. I mean, I remember even Granite City, we were so, it was a kitchen manager position. And, you know, no, I mean, it, it just, it was very de defeating for him, I know. And um, he actually, uh, he was doing private chef gigs for friends of ours. He was mowing yards. I mean, he was doing anything he could um, to earn a living. And I was, I had taken a sales position with a company and I was selling, I had the state of Kansas and Oklahoma selling online curriculum um, for at-risk students. So I was going to school districts and um, who knew a pandemic so many years later online, mm. but this online curriculum is, you know, helps a lot of students stay in school. Right. And, um, I remember uh, I came, I was in town, I traveled a lot, and he said, honey, I was out watering the tomatoes, and he goes, hey, let's go downtown and look at, there's a restaurant for sale on Craigslist. Come we on got places. it on Craigslist. Okay. And um, I was just like, Restra A, restaurant for sale, we have no money. B, downtown, I think I've been, I think I had been downtown at that point. We had, I had been back living in Wichita for two years. I might have been downtown twice in those two years. Okay. So I couldn't even, I knew that it really was, I, I was uneducated 
when he said I just was immediately red flagged no no way no way possible and so we came down and looked at it and confirmed just about everything that I thought except for the fact that it was absolutely turnkey ready had the plates had dishes we had Chinese teacups instead of coffee cups so we hit garage sales and goodwills and that kind of thing um, but <clears throat> We literally, it was 30 days from the time we first looked at this space and we talked to our landlord and I mean, it was almost just on a handshake. He didn't give us a prayer of, of making it through the first, the, the lease that we assumed from the guy who had abandoned the space. And um, man, on a hope and a prayer and a $10,000 loan on a handshake from one of Patrick's previous customers from Yaya's, Steve Lindemann, what a wonderful man, dear friend. He believed in us so much, and nobody else did. I mean, when we said we were opening a diner on this location, I mean, we had dear friends praying for us, telling us not to do it. They loved us too much to, you know, the odds of opening mm -hmm. a restaurant, of failing in the first year, are about 99.1%. Right. And not to mention those that were so underfunded as we were. But you know what, we just went for it. We really didn't feel like we had an option. I mean, Patrick and I had been married now two years at this point. The daughters were 13 and 15 and we had to figure it out. And he basically said, we're gonna do breakfast and lunch. This is not a desirable location for a dinner. We're going to um, serve everything from scratch because I'm like, how is it like, what's different about us? Mm -hmm. And let's say the beacon, you know, that's what I had in my mind. Yeah. I've been a customer of the beacon for 50 years. I mean, how are we going to be different? And he just said, just trust me on this. We're going to be different. I'm going to do everything from scratch. I'm a foodie. I've never really worked in the restaurant industry. I never really expected to own a restaurant, but I knew sales. So he took the back of the house, I got everything in the front of the house and all bookkeeping and all that. And I knew I needed to hire folks who could have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I was not going to order or hire order takers because I knew if what he was talking about putting on the menu, I knew that we had to give great service and it was going to be, if we're going to go with a name, oh, and we didn't even decide on the name until maybe 10 days before we opened. Wow. <laughs> we had thrown the name out there to a dear friend that we respected early on, and he absolutely squashed it. You had said, a lot of haters in your life. Well, he squashed it saying, <laughs> you're trying to be in downtown Wichita. You obviously are attracting the business crowd. What businessman in their right mind is going to say, meet me for a meeting at the Doodah Diner? And we were like, well, okay, you're right. Yeah. Three weeks went by and we're down to crunch time. And we gathered some of our friends and we had just a brainstorming session. And seriously, nothing was even coming close. Nobody liked anything. And out of a kind of a Hail Mary, I said, hey, what about Doodah Diner? And it was a unanimous, everyone at the table was like, yes, we're done, let's go on. We're like, done. yes, that's it. So we did the Doodah Diner. And so when I started Googling it, there is absolutely, unless you put that hyphen in there, there is no way you would ever associate any of those definitions with a restaurant. 
let's just say that. <laughs> so it is very important. You don't put them together. Do not put do and da together in okay. one word okay. ever. And okay. don't leave do out on its own and da out on its own without a hyphen because they don't stand alone. Okay. It, it, and then when I did that, the actual definition that is now on the back of our shirts Thank you, Quick Trip Corporate, for insisting we put what the heck doodah is <laughs> when they would wear the shirts back in Tulsa. But the definition popped up out of Urban Dictionary mm -hmm. as a nickname for Wichita. And it, it references the whimsical and laid back, you know, vibes that visitors felt. And I'm like, that's it. Whimsical, laid back. That's our concept. We didn't have a business plan. We were fly by the seat of your pants. And he didn't even look at the menu. Well, we had an idea of what we wanted. We had, you know, chicken scratched it out. And then it was really about four, well, about a week before we opened. We did, oh, we had a whole day of tasting bacon. Mm. I am telling you. I don't remember that phone call coming my <laughs> way. That still ranks in one of my top ten favorite days of work awesome. in my life. Um, but we did. We had, and some things like um, we were doing our friends and family service. And he had a breakfast burrito. We had it on the menu. And he realized he forgot to order in chorizo. So he does what he usually does and Googles and figures out, looks at about three different ones and is like, all right, I got this. And he went and made his own chorizo about two hours before we served it to wow. our friends and family wow. for the very first time. And that burrito has not changed in any way, shape or form since him just throwing it together. I know what I'm getting next time I eat here. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's really good. I don't think I've ever had it, yeah. And then we have a hatch green chili sauce Ooh, that mm -hmm. goes on it. I need to call my mother-in-law. She's a big hatch green chili fan. Oh, she would love it. Well, I, I, I'll be seeing her today, so I'll let her know. And it's funny, the customers, and I'll say especially from Colorado and New Mexico, who when they want to share their love and mm. explain to us that they truly are connoisseurs. No. Like, this really is good breakfast burrito, the green chili. They're like, no, we're from New Mexico. We really know. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it, it has won a okay. few contests here and there of best bre breakfast burrito in the state kind of thing. She's from Colorado, sort of, or at least grew up there. So she she'll she, she'll any time that we hear it's on the menu somewhere, we have to go. So we'll bring her here. I'm surprised she didn't know about it yet, or maybe she does and. I just haven't talked to her about it. Well, a lot of people get hooked on their favorites. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, what was it? In 2019, we were featured on um, a show on the cooking channel, Burgers, Brew, and Q with Michael Simon. Mm -hmm. And they featured two burgers. And I'm like, most people in Wichita don't even know that we have burgers. I didn't know you had burgers. Because we're known for so much of our breakfast. Right. right. Um, and we were actually the first restaurant that they had filmed at. We were in season six, Bacon Knows Best. It was the season opener. And we were the first restaurant that made our burger buns from scratch in six seasons. Wow. So that was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. But, um, yeah, we, um, I guess it's lack of advertising. You know, I've never, that's one of the, one of the miracles about Duda Diner is, oh, well, not only did we not have an advertising budget, I mean, we didn't get a paycheck for like our first three years. So right. advertising, yeah, no, wasn't in the cards. Unless it was an occasional boost of a Facebook post for Mother's Day brunch. 
So, um, yeah, most people in Wichita have no clue that we have amazing burgers and hand-cut French fries that are crispy, which is a trick. If you're going to cut your own fries, I can't stand the soggy, tasteless, yeah, no, ours are crunchy. Um, but truly, it was um, the fact that uh, Patrick's whole niche and the reason why we have grown organically is because now that I'm in the restaurant business and I see the other side of it, I'm not just a foodie, I see how much more we're spending to bring in the best products. We bring in a 40 pound block of cheddar cheese that I pay a very good wage to a prep cook to break down 40 pounds and run it through the grinder so that we have shredded cheese that doesn't have waxes wow. and preservatives and all the chemicals that literally keep cheese unnaturally shredded. So when you think of the difference of our breakfast burrito or an omelet, when you see that cheese coming up like this and people are like, what? That's what happens with, shred with cheddar cheese when it doesn't have, when it's not pre-made with all the right. chemicals and stuff. So that to that degree, um, we do, you know, we make our own pancake syrup. We have our own pancake recipe that, I mean, we don't pour a pancake mix out of a box and then add milk. Like, no, it's flour and it's getting it out every single day. Um, so it's, now that I know the difference, um, there's not a lot of places left that really go to the extent that we do. And I understand it. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever gonna claim that Patrick and I were brilliant business people. Um, Patrick has his whole motivation and what drives him is wowing a customer. And it fills his love cup and his creativity cup. And he's constantly trying to outdo himself. And he in 10 years seems to be bored with certain things that, you know, he thinks everybody's already had this. Well, you know, he doesn't have it in the mindset. All the new people that come to us every day for the first time. And and that's, we do, we get a lot of first timers. And um, his cooking in small batches and his attention to detail seriously blows the minds of cooks that we hire into our kitchen. And confirms that we are one of the hardest kitchens in the Midwest <laughs> to cook for. I mean, I can imagine yeah. based on what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, when you do homemade bread, let's just talk. You have biscuits. We have our turkey focaccia, uh, the focaccia bread. We have hoagies for the prime French dip. We have hamburger buns for the burgers, biscuits, egg noodles. Oh, hello, monkey bread. Obviously. Monkey bread, that was my idea. We didn't think that we would get as much breakfast business when we opened here. We thought lunch would be a good thing. Well, we wanted something to draw people in in the morning. And I had moved back to Wichita. I was in Lee's Summit, a little mm -hmm. sleeper community, yeah. you know, on the east side of Kansas City. And in their downtown, quaint downtown that I loved was Neighbors Cafe. And after you ordered your breakfast at Neighbors, they brought you one huge cinnamon roll for the table to share. Well, we're not big cinnamon roll fans. 
But I suggested, my mom used to make monkey bread every Christmas morning, and that was the only day she used to make it. And so I suggested, hey, what if we do monkey bread as a little appetizer or something, something? And so that's how monkey bread was born. And we used to do it for free before 11 as a motivation to get people in here in the morning. So I like it. Now, if I only had a dime for every bowl of monkey bread I have given out in 10 years. No, never mind. It's been fun that it's been free. And it, it's, yeah, it's just a little something, something to get the taste buds going. There you go. You also have, I believe, a gluten-free banana bread. bread. French toast. Is that what it is? Okay. Yes. My a coworker of mine, dear friend and listener of the show, Richard, is a big fan of that. And it, he comes down to that often is what I've heard. That was, again, my husband's brilliance. Um, Patrick's mother suffered pretty severely with celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And it took many years for them to diagnose her. And she was a very sensitive celiac. So he wanted a dish that honored her and she loved banana bread. So he just took it up a few notches and created, um, wow, he dips those little mini banana breads in the egg, fries them, homemade apple butter, which secret menu item at the Doodah Diner whoa, 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 whoa. is apple butter wow. it's only served on the banana bread french toast but it is to oh. die for on our biscuit on a pancake Shh, you didn't hear that from me no. but you we can won't ask tell for anyone it. anyway um back to the banana bread french toast so it has the two lo mini loaves of banana bread it has um the apple butter fresh whipped cream um the homemade syrup candied apples candied pecans and yeah that's it's it's amazing wow sounds amazing but it's the this is the only place in america you can get it it's truly an original creation yeah i'm I, really excited i know i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i need to come like 10 times in a week to get yeah. everything that we're talking about well you know denise neal wrote when she had it she, uh, she had she was like i don't know how they can call this gluten-free this is amazing and i let her know <laughs> that that gluten-free doesn't have to mean no flavor no right. taste no sugar right. it just means no wheat right. so we use white rice flour brown rice flour mm. potato starch and um yeah and it has made I cannot tell you, I, we've had people cry to us that they, that that dish meant so much to them because celiacs really don't have a wide selection when it yeah. comes to dessert type items. And so, yeah. and yeah, so that, that dish has a lot of heart to it. Yeah. I know Richard definitely appreciates it because he is celiac and he is very sensitive and that's all he ever talks to me about. So mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, Richard, I get it. You can't have wheat. And, you know, <laughs> and Richard, you know, with celiacs, um, when you're not super, super sensitive, when a customer will say, oh, is it gluten-free? And we'll ask, you know, can you usually eat French fries in a restaurant? And if they say, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Then we know they're not super sensitive because most restaurants don't have a dedicated fryer, right. okay? When we did our remodel in 2019, we added a fryer that is dedicated gluten-free. So the banana bread, you know, different things like that. Um, 
for those that are sensitive. Yeah. I mean, it's and we do the best we can. But in all honesty, when you make as much bread items as we do, there's a lot of gluten that is floating around in the air. Right. Or on, you know, just an apron walking by and a molecule. So we do the best we can. And we haven't really disappointed anybody, to my knowledge, in that. You've answered like five of my questions, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's stick with the doodah and uh, let's talk about. You want to do number six? I do. Okay. So, <laughs> you do da? I do da. Okay. I just saw my head. I was like, man, we almost need to have like a doodah diner week where we just go here every day for the entire week. I got time. Oh, Once you guys have. I mean, now you have to come yeah, try to. the burgers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I have not tried the burgers here. I'm the meatloaf. This guy, so yeah. The meatloaf was the first thing I cooked for Patrick when we were dating, and he was coming to Kansas City for the weekend, and I wouldn't tell him that I was making because he had been cooking me some pretty elaborate stuff when I'd come to town to visit. So this was now my chance. Yeah, didn't tell him I was making my mama's meatloaf, and so grandma doodah. Yeah, that night. <laughs> When I after uh, after he had the meatloaf, he almost ended this whole relationship by saying, "You know, that was so good. If we ever open a restaurant, it's going on the menu." And I looked at him like, "I don't know who you think I am, but I'm a foodie who loves nothing more than to go out for a fancy dinner. That's like what I love to do." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Yeah, no, we're not opening no restaurant." <laughs> And then, and then, and my meatloaf is on our menu, and he put his own little kick to it, and it still makes him giggle every time. He, instead of putting my really thin cut center slice bacon over the top, mm-hmm. he opted for our jalapeno bacon. Oh, well, of course. And it's got a kick to it, so he cracks himself up that he named it Bad Out of Hell Meatloaf. <laughs> so just when you see him laugh at it, okay. if you get the right. chance. I will. Because Bust a gun. I'll, that I'll was his contribution okay. to my recipe. There you go. But yeah, that that so that again back to lunch items that most people don't even know. Those who know about my meatloaf, they know. And we've got my meatloaf in our take and bake cooler oh. that you can get either two mini loaves or you get eight mini loaves. Now that you mention that, I think maybe my mom has gotten that. I know she's gotten some of your take and bakes before. I'm, I can't remember if it was meatloaf or not. I'm very particular when it comes to my meatloaf because I've literally only really had my mom's. I know. You know, and meatloaf's yeah. one of those things that it can vary. You can't yes, eat it at your friend's house it, growing up right, and think right. that it was the same because, right. no, it wasn't. I'm with you but on I that. But I literally was mid-dinner last night, and I texted my mom, mid-my wife and I eating, and I said, can we do can we do meatloaf soon? <laughs> So it's funny you bring that up because I think we're doing meatloaf on Sunday. So. Meatloaf is so That's good. awesome. Yeah, I love my mom's meatloaf, mostly because I like to make meatloaf sandwiches the day after. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> it's fine the night of, but the day after with a little horseradish and lettuce it's and mayo. Yeah. And I, you know what? It was only about six months ago. I'm not kidding. I have not made my own meatloaf at home since we opened the diner. And here we do mini loaves, mm. right? I just made it a couple of months ago for that reason. I made my big old loaf. Yes. Because we only ate a third of it. Yep. And I love my meatloaf sandwiches. My mom started making two loaves because she mm-hmm. knows that I like to eat it on lunch the rest of the week. Um, of course, I'm a big eater, so I end up eating like most of the first loaf the night of. And I'm like screwing myself for the week because I'm like, well, there's 
Well, I'm gonna have to remember to fill up on sides this time. Leftover meatloaf is so good. So good. It is like, so good. It is so. And I will say there was one thing I put a veto on making from scratch. Patrick, in regards to our meatloaf, um, my topping is a Heinz chili sauce. Okay. It's a little thicker and tangier than ketchup, and it's on the very top aisle or row of the aisle, condiment aisle, and. He whipped up his own chili sauce. And when we baked it and we were in sampling, I'm just like, yeah, it's good. It's not mine. Like, I know how mine is supposed to caramelize. I know I've made this meatloaf too often and it wasn't coming out. So I won that battle and we do have Heinz chili sauce. Okay, I was gonna ask you if there was anything on the menu that was not made from scratch. I think you answered that. And we we don't make our own like Italian white bread, wheat berry bread. And English muffins, we okay. don't, we don't make those. We don't make. We bring in frozen, um, gluten-free buns okay. that are sealed. They're gotcha. frozen. They're sealed. We open them and deal with them in a secure area. But we do not make those ourselves. Got it. Is there anything more American than we came up with a, a dish that we all like called meatloaf? Just a loaf of meat. I know. But you know what? Some of the meatloaf I had growing up and of uh, other people, it's uh, scary. Yeah, so yeah. I understand people who are hesitant. It's got to have more than just brown as a color. Well, and it's on our Sunday brunch buffet. Ooh. And I am always, when I'm up there managing it, on the brunch buffet, they're like large meatballs. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for, I'm like, just take a bite. Just try yeah. my meatloaf. You won't be sorry. And people will come back and be like, oh. You were right. I'm like, I know. I mean, if it could only be called something other than meatloaf, we'd sell more of it. Yeah. But. I'm going to brainstorm what else we could call it. Well, and then you guys need to have our prime French dip because that's literally slow roasted. I've had it and it's, yes. You love. Yeah. I would say it's probably the best item I've had here. Ooh. You wouldn't yeah. be alone in that assessment. Well, it, yeah, and it's, <clears throat> I should say, though, to clarify, probably not the best sample size because that's the only non-breakfast item I've had here. I'm a breakfast guy. We've talked about this in the past. Sure. Big yep. breakfast guy, but went a little bit later in the day instead of in the mm-hmm. morning. And, and my dad was giving me crap for... Always ordering breakfast. Yeah. Because you were about to order breakfast yeah. again. Of course. Yeah. So I got that because I'm just generally I like French dip because I think a lot of restaurants, a lot of lesser restaurants, mm-hmm. it's just hard for them to mess it up. Like, it's just like, okay, this mm-hmm. won't be right. great, but it'll be fine. Right. But yeah, this kind of blew all that out of water. So <laughs> ruined um, French dips for you. Yeah. Well, and it, it's it ruined the fresh made. French dips. <laughs> it's on this ridiculously amazing hoagie that mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. soft. And when you... Thin shade, and it's real prime rib. I mean, this isn't like a roast beef yeah, French right. dip. It's stupid expensive, <laughs> and the au jus, and caramelized onions, and then it's I think Swiss cheeses, yeah. and then you just the, dunk that sucker. The, the hoagie in the not au jus. being rock hard. I think yeah, no rock hard. Because most of them are rock hard, yeah. and it's almost expected. Like, hey, that's why you dip right. it in the au jus. It's like no. I, I don't want a rock hard hoagie. Not in doodah. Like, yeah. Not in doodah. Yeah. Hey, we're going to need three French dips over here. No, I'm just kidding. 
I know. Uh, I get a side of horseradish. Well, you mine. have to get some horseradish. Yeah. I love horseradish. Yeah. I was just complaining last night that <laughs> I accidentally, I didn't accidentally, we got rid of our horseradish because it was getting old and I haven't bought a new one yet. You know, horseradish doesn't last in the fridge very long. No, it, doesn't. it has a really short, and I'm with you on that. Yeah. It seems like every time, there's not a lot of things, first of all, to eat horseradish on. If right. we could get a list started, <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy to talk to you. I'd be, I put it on beer rocks. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it on roast. Oh. Just my uh -huh. meat, okay. straight raw on roast, just as a bite, uh -huh. not like cover it oh, or I, anything. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, and I swear the only reason I really will eat raw oysters. Ooh. Oh no way! Is because well, I dunk it in the red wine vinegar and Obviously. get my little oyster drunk, and then I take a cracker and I first load it with a layer of raw horseradish. Okay. And then I get my drunk little oyster out of the wine, red wine vinegar, and pop it on top. And then I put um, cocktail sauce, mm -hmm. more horseradish, on right. top of it. Oh, and then pop the whole thing in my mouth. I don't even taste the oyster. <laughs> oyster? What oyster? What oyster? Yeah. And I need like a cracker, Just sometimes a cracker and a half. Yeah. As long as the oysters aren't bigger than like a silver dollar because mm -hmm. when they get big and it's like there's when they're good. animals like that like no then you, then I you just actually gotta... taste the oyster right. I'm a big oyster guy I'll tell you I wasn't even hungry when I walked in here today and now I'm like starving because of you you're a good saleswoman uh, oh, and you're I'm, not even trying or maybe you are maybe I'm that's no, the magic of I'm it. not uh, I'm just telling you about our food I used to get they used to have at Dylan's I think it was a beet horseradish so it was like it was really good Ooh. and so we would always get that and put it on our uh, pot roast yeah. And all that. And then I think they stopped selling it. So I started just like getting beet juice, you uh -huh. know, from the beets and just making my own. I love pickled beets. Mm, my mother it? always made me pickled beets. I get good ones at Yoder Meats now. Okay. They have good, good to know. jars of. And then my dad used to stick hard boiled eggs in the beet juice Ooh, that and good. let a hard boiled egg pickle for like, you know, a few days. I feel like I'd fit right in with your family. You would. These are all things I would do and or do. <laughs> I had um, a I had a babysitter who she babysat us when we were up until like seven years old, eight years old. She came through this last Saturday and she was telling me how when I was like three years old, I would just pitch the biggest fit that she wouldn't make my mom's mac and cheese she only knew how to make the box i didn't even know they had box mac and cheese back when i was i mean i'm 55 <laughs> years old so yay craft but um yeah back when you know 52 years ago the fact and she was just like you would just wail and i was she goes you were such a foodie from like the get-go it, 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 I was like, well, and all I remember you making is boiled hot dogs. Like she would boil <laughs> the hot dogs in like a soup oh. pan. And I've never had a hot dog boiled since. But I don't know if many people uh, have. But yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I told I her, I go, what was so hard about mac and cheese? It's noodles, it's butter, it's Velveeta. And it's a little milk or cream or half and half or whatever you got dairy. Like, it's just that simple. And that's, that's our... Pretty much, well, so Patrick tried to do a fancy mac and cheese, you know, with all the fancy expensive cheeses and mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs, and then you bake it. Right. And every time he would do that, I'm like, that is not doodah. It's great for yayas, <laughs> yeah. but it's really not doodah. But no, he, that was his thing. So 
I would talk him into making it my way when we would have sloppy joes, which was, you know, Velveeta butter and cream. And so we were feeding the WSU men's basketball team every Thursday after practice. And Patrick and I decided to let them settle it forever. We let, this would have been in 2013, um, we would have let, we let them, we had a whole pan of Patrick's fancy mac and cheese, and we had my, I call it Granny's mac and cheese. And mine was 10 to one. Like, <laughs> not even, mine was Shaquille Morris on his third place right. going, oh no, this went all the way, Mama D. This went yeah. all the way. So. We and, need another tray out here. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, D, you remember that? When we used to have the fanciest of mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> D's been here from the beginning. Oh. I know. I just won't give him to USD 259 full time. I cannot do without him. Oh. He's got to. He's been. He helps. Behind you this whole time. Yeah. You know, he can do yeah. every single position in this restaurant. He calls tickets better than Patrick. He can walk up to a table of 10 people. I don't want him to hear this. Okay. He can walk up to a table of 10 people and not write down one thing. Mm. And I mean to memory and we're talking how did you want your eggs right what kind of toast did you want oh no peppers in that breakfast burrito and i used to get so annoyed with him and he said let me make when i mess up i'll start writing them down and he's never messed up wow so he's amazing always impresses me when people can do that he started as a dishwasher the summer after he graduated high school and he would come back and work on breaks he um went off for basketball scholarships now gosh now that was 10 years ago so he's 28 he coaches two national championship basketball teams uh like nine like they're nine and you know a girls and a boys and both phenomenal he has such a gift with kids wow well, Need to get him on this podcast at some point. We do. I don't know what to talk about other than himself, but we can figure it out. Oh, That'd be yeah. another. I, I, there are some podcasts in Wichita that already kind of like highlight people. Mm-hmm. But he that'd be a really good one. But he'd be yeah. a really good one. So, um, all right, number six. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> no, that no, that no, warms is, my heart. You that already made me really uh, happy to hear. It. Um, no, this has been. That's a good story. You're, you're, the t- you're exactly the type of person I imagined we would interview when we started doing this with oh. the restaurant. I'm dying to know what number six is. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually somewhat yeah, um, timely as well because yeah. there's a specific thing. But anyway, well, I'm going to ask before you die from it. So yeah. I think a lot of people say that Duda is the best diner in Wichita and has some national exposure, as you've touched on previously. Do you have any famous people come in from time to time? Well... or should we say how often are they coming in we do have pretty high caliber clientele on somewhat of a regular basis we have the one that always gets mentioned and hunted down in the media obviously um my friend harry um But I have to say, one of the coolest experiences ever was from Sir Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler. Well, that's 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 that was Uh, the reason I wrote this question was because of him. 
Okay. And I actually took a month and did a lift driver challenge because we had a new manager and I was having a hard time when I was here not micromanaging and my staff was having a hard time not coming to me as the manager. So I was like, and I kept getting this email from Lyft to be a driver, you know, $3,000 bonus guarantee. And I'm like, all right. So after my third passenger, all three were restaurant people. I went and got some job applications and some coupons and I had a blast of a month. We hired four people. I talked to customers that had never heard of Doodah Diner that have lived in Wichita their whole life. Not everybody has heard about the Doodah Diner. If you don't have social media and you're not a fan of Wichita State men's basketball, there is a very good chance that you may not have ever Mm -hmm. heard of this little restaurant. And um, that was what was so cool was talking to people and then also talking to them like where's the beefy doodad and why aren't you all out east anymore and it was so good to just i i absolutely would be doing that to this day if they would keep that bonus that sign on bonus going um but back to that went came back to lift oh my phone i'm on a lift of a a student that i picked up at wsu and it's a quick little two mile thing and my phone is just blowing up and you can't really answer it when you're driving right right? and so i see that um, my husband sent a a text over that did pop up on the notification that said fonzie at diner And so I dropped this gal off. Not at the destination, just right on the side of the sidewalk. Dropped her off on the corner. No, (laughs) got her safely to her apartment. And then I'm just like, well, guys, uh, I'm going off of driving. I'm probably not going to get there in time. Please get a picture. Please, nobody crowd around him. Make sure, you know, he's got plenty of space. Nobody's bothering him. Well, I get here as fast as I can. Come to find out he was in the building for like two hours. He went around and talked to guests. He got addresses to send out his children's book to people. Um, And I come in the front door as my entire team has lined up under the doodah sign by the counter. And I walk in and they're like, oh, there she is. And Henry starts making a beeline for me. Think of that. (sighs) Yeah. You know, what was the song? I mean, I'm running to him. He's running to me. Right. And I'm just like, he's my size. We fit together. Aww. It was the best hug. And I'm going, this is Fonzie. Like, and he's excited to meet me. And I'm excited to meet him. Um, and he was like, Mama Duda. Oh, we're so glad you're here getting our picture. And I'm, I'm just like tongue tied. Like, yeah. I was supposed to marry you. I was never supposed to be a diner. You, I was supposed to marry you. I mean, watching Happy Days growing up every Tuesday night, you know, right before Laverne and Shirley. Of course. So it was just, and just his wife, the absolute most gracious. They, I mean, they truly made us feel. She swore to, Pinky swore to me it was the best meal she had ever eaten in her entire life 
And I was just like, oh, you say that every, like, you know, and she was just, they spent so much time and and Henry talking to Patrick and I one-on-one and wanting to know our story. And he was just the, that was just the coolest experience. And that mutual respect that he had for what my staff had delivered to him that day meant so much to him that wow. he was brought in to speak for Coke Industries. Uh, so it wasn't like he had any other big event. I mean, we sent him straight to the airport from here with to-go bags and take and bake <laughs> and, you know. So, wow, that was that was a really special day. That's awesome. I literally wrote that question because I wanted to hear about that experience and you took that to the next level. So thank mm. you. That is really cool. Um, and we've had others. We've had celebrity chefs. We've had NBA players. And I have had to ask one of the assistant coaches no less than 10 times in the 10 years, remind me what these guys' names are again <laughs> because I never can remember mm-hmm. Kyle Wow. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is an NBA player. He's one. Okay. And I don't remember the other guy. But the other one is, they're, yeah, they're really big. Were they with Fred Van Vliet? No. Okay. It was was when Fred was still in school. I was going to say, because they played together, so that would have made sense, but. It would have been in 17 or 18 that they came through. You know what? It might have been in 17. It wasn't around the NCAA tournament. That was really cool. A famous person. See, so I grew up going to Wichita State men's basketball games in grade school when my parents were um, season ticket holders. Mm, same. So I Not grew the same up. Era, but same. Right. Well, I grew up in the Cheese Johnson, Cliff Levingston, mm, sure. Antoine Carr. I mean, that whole era. And I mean, Robert Moore, Moe. Oh, there was some. It, so the first time that Cheese Johnson literally walked in and it was the small diner version before the remodel. And I'm just standing at the counter and he walks in and I just like a knee jerk go, <laughs> Cheese! <laughs> and I think I, lo- I won him over from that very minute. But he was such a superstar to yeah. me. And I was, it was so cool that he was in my diner and we have been, he's been like family ever since. Man, he's been a great, just a great supporter. And um, and Cliff Levingston and Xavier McDaniel and, I mean, Aubrey Sherrod, all those guys. And every year when they come in town to do, um, they have a basketball camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier and Aubrey and Cheese, and they do that. Um, Cliff was in town in 17 when we had the NCAA tournament. And he sat at my counter two different times for like on that Sunday, that last day. He must have been here for four hours just soaking it in because we had different team. We had teams that really kind of took over our diner. Michigan was one of them. We have there's Doodah Diner stickers all over the Michigan, the University of Michigan men's basketball <laughs> locker room. Doodah Diner everywhere. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've. And then, okay, so that's all sports. And you guys, the funniest thing is, is ESPN found us before we ever even remembered that WSU had a basketball. Like, I was 
four months into opening a new restaurant, had only moved back to Wichita two years prior, had a new husband, getting kids in junior high, high school, hadn't really thought about the shockers. Mm -hmm. And when two gentlemen walked in, I'll never forget, it was an early Saturday morning in January, snowing. And these two guys came in dressed to the nines and had to brush the snow off their shoulders. They had walked from the Hyatt, which told me clue number one, they're not from anywhere near Kansas because nobody walks. Right. Anyway, let alone across, you know, within yeah. the parking lot. So, and at that time, you know, January, we opened in the middle of September. So it was a Saturday morning okay. at about eight o'clock and they just about had the whole place to themselves. And Patrick and I's undivided, especially my undivided attention, Patrick was, you know, cooking. And you could talk right there. You know, Patrick was four feet at that time from where they were sitting to cooking. And you just knew, I mean, it was um, Rich Hollenberg and Mark Adams. Hmm. And you just, they, you knew that the next year when they came back, they were just, you know, you knew they had a wager. Were they going to make it or not? Like... And each year, you know, they saw us those first five years. Wow, that was such a, such a, I mean, operational nightmare and struggle. And I mean, we could always put out, putting out good food. Well, I should say getting customers in the door was the easiest thing because of our food. Mm -hmm. Our challenges were the building was breaking down around us and we had to shove a spatula in the oven to get it to close so we could bake all that bread we promised you know those were right. always our challenges but so yeah so espn the shout outs that we continue to get whether it is a wsu game or not is so amazing they it's almost like the brotherhood of espn they share the love of doodah and it's kind of this rite of passage when they get here. They get to sign the board. I've got Fran up there, Jordan right. Cornette. I mean, um, Jay Billis has been here, Seth Green, you know, all those guys. Um, and it's just cool. I, I don't know what we, I don't know what we did to truly deserve. There's no way we could, it, there's no way we could have ever afforded a, a two-second spot on ESPN, right. you know, and the fact that, and Greg Marshall would tease me about it, oh, those boys will just start talking about the Duda Diner, and the game will start playing, and my guys are out on the court, but no, they're talking about the corned beef hash, and what did you have, you know, and it, I, it's just the coolest, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing, it, it doesn't even almost seem real sometimes. I love it. All right. That now, was a long question. Six. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Right. Now no, on to seven. It's good. Um, now, I want to talk about that. You guys have had some different special stories that have happened uh, around Duda. I, these are some of the ones that I have either seen or, or had read about prior. If there's others, please, by all means, share. But the first one I want to talk about is Richard Holmes. Uh, hmm. Richard, Richard, Richard came rolling up in what are the bicycles that you pedal out in front of you? You're sitting down. And like the recumbent bikes? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh -huh. so, yeah. And it had the big uh, 
orange flags that I would have had on my first bicycle without training wheels. Right. And he came riding up on that thing and just parked in the side, you know, on the sidewalk. And uh, from day one, he bellied up at the counter and pretty much, I don't know, immediately there was just this connection. He always had the biggest smile. He, you know, the servers made him feel at home. And he would be like, well, do you mind if I come back for lunch? Is that weird? And we're like, oh, please, for love, you know. He ended up, he would come every day but Wednesday. And that would be the day his family and nieces and nephews would get together. And they had a tradition to go somewhere else. And Wednesday would, Wednesday breakfast would be the only time, unless he was out of town for a, um, a bridge tournament. But Richard became... He loved that breakfast counter, and he was maybe 78 when he started coming and retired. He was the youngest of a big family, and he was the only living of his immediate. He still lived in the home he lived in since he was like seven years old. Wow. And he rode his bike here every day. He would ride his bike all over town. <laughs> um Sorry, and so we it. were just, you know, one of his stops, but, um, we would, he would, uh, he would go to Christmas. He'd come over for Christmas Eve or he's been to Thanksgivings at our house. Um, he has family, but he had never married and has no kids. Um, but his nieces and nephew, but we would steal him away. And yeah, Richard was, um, so he would always sit at the counter always. And he said he was kind of, he, before the Doodah Diner, he wasn't very comfortable talking to strangers. And when he was at our counter, he said he just had this gift of gab. <laughs> and he never met a stranger. Some not all wanted to talk to the level that he probably wanted to talk to them. <laughs> right. But he, he, he wasn't annoying. He was very keen and could tell. But so he would stop me it didn't matter how much in the weeds I was at any given time and several times I was the server on the counter which meant I basically had 12 different tables and I have ADD and like I don't know anything that's happening in a restaurant on the day that I have to serve except for those people that I'm serving I have to tune it all out and he would just stop me cold and say Timory I want you to meet Anne. She is in from Santa Clara, California. She is here visiting, <laughs> da, 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 going on. She does this and da, da, da. And I mean, I stop everything and I get into what we call the Richard zone. And then I am just appreciating that I have one customer that has literally bonded himself to get to know and to make another stranger feel completely comfortable at home. Oh, you have to try this. Oh, I want you to meet the owner. Timur, you know, he was just the most amazing person. And he would tell me the most amazing stories, but I wouldn't always be in a place that I could have time to receive those. So I asked him to write me a book. He, he wasn't gonna write me a book. What he did create was counter chats. And they were like a newsletter. And each episode, I have 13 of them, each one would be filled 
with eight to 12 to 14 people that he would name their first name and talk about, you know, he met the Phantom of, Op of Broadway. Um, because besides, be, besides all my sports connections, which I don't have a sports bone in my body, but I know some really cool sports mm -hmm. people, I also don't have an artistic bone in my body, but we also had a partnership for very long with Music Theater of Wichita. Mm -hmm. When their talent from Spamalot, we were like, their first season, we opened in September, so come around May, the end of May, and we started getting these regulars, like, I remember on the fourth day in a row, and these guys were hilarious. Mm. There's like seven of them, the same seven every day, and they'd be here for like two hours, and laughing and cracking up, and what? And finally I'm like, y'all aren't from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got some other stuff to do, or? And so that's when they said they were in town for Music Theater of Wichita to perform in Spamalot. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. I remember going to that when I was a kid. Like, okay. So they ended up getting us tickets. That kind of, and then we ended up doing the post-production party after they'd wrap the wrap party on Sunday nights. They'd finish the seven o'clock show and everybody would pack up and come to the Doodah Diner where they had a huge screen TV that they kept here for their season and we used to have those uh, church pews on this side remember before mm -hmm. the remodel so we would set up the biggest carb fest you've ever <laughs> I mean mac and cheese baked potato bar I mean it was all the love and then they'd come in and they would bring their own alcohol because it was a private party so that party would go from 10:30 until four or five in the morning sometimes and we just let them have it robin would stay and make sure you know clean everything <laughs> up and all that so we had eight years of broadway stars circling through here what i didn't understand with music theater of wichita it is such a fantastic reputation yes. it is one step below broadway yes and those amazing performers will leave Broadway and come and take a summer vacation in Wichita, Kansas for music. It's that cool yeah. of such a program. So we've been very blessed. I know back to that six thing um, with famous people, but um, Richard, back to Richard, I'm sorry. He was such a, a part of our family. Um, I was the pandemic. He never actually, after we reopened after COVID, he never came back into the diner. We reopened at the beginning of July and he had a fall and an accident in October. And that's when he had to go to rehab. But he would ride his bike to my house. When we were, we were actually closed at the diner for three and a half months for the pandemic. Richard would ride his bike over at least a couple of times a week. He'd bring us fruit, he'd bring us flower, you know, pick flowers along the way. Um, he was just such a, I don't know again what we ever did. He always called, he, he'd said he was my backup husband because he just <laughs> knew Patrick was gonna work himself to death. And he was so ready. I, I, had, I had Richard on backup, <laughs> but love love that I, yeah such a blessing rest in peace Richard Holmes you made an impact so that was one story 
then another feel good story of we had a server hello get a twenty five thousand dollar tip number eight on our list <laughs> yeah. oh is that funny yeah. okay i learned what it meant to have a story go viral because i was fielding phone calls from australia wow um it went on the today show and it all started because I did a Facebook post. It was unbelievable. Denise Neal took the story and she went with it. And then Hannah Davis, who at the time was at, was at Channel 12, KWCH, and she would call, she was the most persistent. So we did those other stories. And at the time I didn't watch Channel 12. And so I kept, and I'm like, I don't have time, for, like, no, like, it's been a week, like, no, like, and she was just so persistent. She, such a little doll. I earned so much respect for her through that whole course. And when I said yes, she put together the most amazing video story of that. And Fred, the attorney out of um, Ponca City, was that it? Or Bart Bartlesville, one of the two. That's where he was from. But his daughters live here in town. And so he was actually in town with his daughters, came to have a meal. And he came up to me, I'll never forget it, at the host stand in our previous pre-remodel. And he said, can I speak to the manager and owner? And I said, oh, I'm the owner. Is everything okay? You never it's know. never a good question. I always never. Every time I ask that question, I'm like, nothing's wrong, but can I speak to the owner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he said, you know, I just have to tell you, your server, Brian Maxner, he's amazing. And I said, thank you. I would agree with that. And he said, he sure doesn't let the la his dental issue, it doesn't seem to dim his smile any. I said, absolutely not. And I said, and he wears that smile from when he walks in the door. You know, I go, he's just a happy-go-lucky kind of person like that. I'm glad I, he's giving you good service. And he was like, oh, he's definitely giving me good service. He said, but I've been very blessed in my life, and I like to do things to pay it forward. And I was wondering if you could help me. I'd like to give him a complete dental makeover, including implants. And he said, I have, but he's going to have to do it down in Ponca City. And, um, yeah, that was definitely, again, one of the top 10 most memorable career days of my life because that was just the coolest gift to give to somebody. Yeah. And, you know, they went in and removed all of Brian's teeth and he had the dentures. And um, sad as this story ends, um, Brian didn't ever go on to follow through. It was about a nine month wait before he could do the implants. And I think he was just pleased with his dentures. And that was a big adjustment. And we still keep Brian in our prayers. Brian's fallen on some harder times and we haven't really had an update from him in a couple of years. So he, uh, wow great great guy and you know what we were just at Ming's we found him at Ming's we went to Ming's Patrick and I on a Sunday after work dead tired and we had him as a server he was phenomenal 
and then two weeks later we went back on the same Sunday dragon we're so tired we're dirty we have dying you know and he was like where do you work again and we're like oh right up the street he's like what time do you close like two o'clock and he's like I have a son in middle school that would be great hours so I just want it known we did not poach Brian he poached us (laughs) Um, and he left us and then went back to Ming's and then he came back to the diner and then he went so we had him two different times of employment well I think that goes back to what you said at the beginning of this episode um, that you were trying to hire people that made a good impression on the guests and that clearly Mm -hmm. I mean that's a heck of an impression to make to have somebody want to offer that so pretty special pretty special but you know my staff speaking of um i think one thing that i have to mention with Duda diner is from our very first round of hiring our very first employees we had three of 12 that came from the work release center that spawned off something with us that we had another one that was in a recovery house, 14 years, had kicked a heroin habit and came to us at two months sober. Wow. We quickly learned that we were an establishment that helped break triggers in the addiction world because they're gonna go to bed really early Mm. before all the partying happens late at night and they're getting up at 3 4 a.m and they're going to come and put in 10 to 12 of the hardest hours in a kitchen and then they're going to go home they're going to eat they're going to drop into bed and they're going to get up and do it again and we've had so many come from the oxford house over here there's i mean we have several um places within walking distance but we have really branded ourselves and i think it's a big part of our secret sauce is being a second chance employer whether it's drug addiction whether it's from the criminal system um, we have testified at parole hearings we have the most amazing success stories and i currently have three people on my staff still All three have been in prison. All three have been either heroin or crack or meth. I guess I have all three of those. They all are leaders in the AA community and paying it for, like, we bring someone in who is newly in, you know, we just, we don't judge. I, and, and those folks, are the most appreciative like that is truly some of our and it's not easy hiring folks who are coming in fresh out of addictions hardcore addictions sure and alcohol and my husband can be a little grumpy sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but when you look at an employee and not all of our employees please don't think they're all second chancers but when I say my husband has um, had a kitchen full of misfits, we've had a diner full of misfits and we fit together like one big family. And when people leave us, we tend to rehire, like we have folks who 
have left and come back so many times. We're one of our things for our 10 year party. We're going to have a, a Dutah Diner family reunion dinner, and we're going to invite anybody who's ever worked at the diner in the last 10 years to come and break bread and let's have chili awesome. feast and catch up. So. Awesome. Now, uh, can I get hired real quick? Absolutely. Um, so that I can come to this. Yes. And I need you to practice up on the 42 ways to make an egg. Okay. 42 ways. I have worked in a uh, breakfast type cooking setting before. Mm-hmm. So I do have experience. It's been many years, but I do have experience. Where is Duda Diner destined to head in the future? And I know that your 10 year anniversary is coming up. What do you have planned for that? We are hosting. Um, a Cajun feast because we only get to we only tend to do it for Fat Tuesday and it is absolutely my husband's favorite service to cook up and he's just dancing around listen to I mean it is so fun um, so we're doing the Cajun feast and we're doing it actually on September 20th which is a Tuesday um, and we're taking reservations for that it's an all-you-can-eat buffet live crawfish well, we'll know we'll know four days before if we're if they still have live. Um, we're right on the cusp of right. of the season going out, so we'll have the crawfish. We'll have um, the etouffee, gumbo, jambalaya, blackened chicken, the mustard dipped catfish. I mean, red beans and rice with the andouille sausage. I mean, the collard greens, the mac and cheese, the I'm- it's you're, just amazing. I, I appreciate everything you're saying, but you got to stop before I just like. I'm in trial that week. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to settle this thing before. You are. Oh God. <laughs> September 20th, I'm in trial. It is so good. So that's what we're doing, and then that's um, kind of our customer. We're gonna get the big birthday cake for that, mm. and then um, we're putting together. Like I said, I want to do an employee, a family, a diner family reunion something just to honor our staff and our team um and that is looking like gonna be the night before like 9 11 so because your 9 12 was mm-hmm. 9 12 was date. and do you when my mother bought my daughters and i tickets to see the lion king like six to nine months in advance back in 2012 and who would have thought that the morning after our show date that she was so excited to take me and my daughters and we had front row and VIP and all this stuff, it would end up being the morning or the night before we opened our business for the first time ever that was supposed to open the next morning at 6 a.m. Seems like a good sign, maybe. So I race to Century 2. My mom takes my daughters. I meet them there. We're in the, we're 20 minutes into the show and it occurred to me I forgot to go get any money for the ca- for the cashier for the for the oh. register, like I had no quarters, nickels, dimes, ones, fives, tens, anything. So I'm sitting through the whole thing, and I'm like, it didn't get out till after eleven o'clock. Where right. am I going to go to Quick Trip and get? <laughs> and we open at six in the morning. Right. Okay. So I made it home, forgot about it. Overslept next morning. <laughs> You know that dream that you overslept for the finals? No. A hundred times more intense. Like, I woke up at 7.13 and we had opened at 6 a.m. 
my team, now keep in mind, husband's in charge of the back of the house. I've never rung in a customer. How could I expect these, like, it was the most panic stricken and we lived seven miles from the diner at this point. So I can honestly say one of our company mottos is we reserve the right to get smarter. Okay. And whenever we have a new staff member that might end up being late and are groveling all over that like so apologize I'm you know what I got you Damn. I overslept on the first day we were open and had no cash and I've still and had no cash <laughs> um, and it was funny um, when in that one month that I drove Lyft I got to pick up a dishwasher that it was his second weekend at 845 and I'm like, I'm pulling up. He was late. He was supposed to be here at 7.30 on a Saturday. And I am pulling up and I see who it is. And I am feeling <laughs> so bad for this kid. Like, and of all the lift drivers. All, and I rolled down my window, because my, but I knew he knew it was my car. And I'm like, I swear to God, I am here as your Lyft driver, not as the boss <laughs> or the owner. I'm 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 above the boss right now. I'm the owner above your boss, but really, let's. And he gets in and he's like, "I'm so sorry. I just moved. I, I couldn't find my cell phone chart." And I that's what I I go, "Hun, let me tell you a little story about my first day in business." And I had the best 20 minute ride to work with a new part time employee that I would never have had 20 minutes in a vehicle. To number one, say, dude, we're all human. It's all good. Yeah. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. If you make it a habit, then we'll have a different conversation. But it was just the best. And so, it, it anyway. It takes a lot of guts to show up late instead of not at all, by the way. You know what? Yeah. And that was That's another thing really that cool. I said to him. I know that in, in this climate in the last two years, I mean, you get them to show up for an interview, it's a huge wow. You get them to come the first day and you've hit a home run. And if they like come the second day, you're just like, oh, keys to the kingdom, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's it was really bad for a while. It's not that bad anymore. But that's what I told him. I said, you know, you owned it. You yeah. didn't tell me it was someone else's fault. You didn't blame it on anybody else. You owned it. So when anybody makes a mistake, own it and we can go on from it. Agreed. So what are the next 10 years going to look like? Whoosh. Um, well, we are super excited that we have just brought on board a killer kitchen manager, chef, executive. He was the executive chef at St. Francis um, Via Christi. He's been there. He was there for 16 years. He um, recently in the surgeon's lounge cooking for i mean Ooh. he's just got a phenomenal don diego lucero has joined the doodah diner three weeks ago okay and he is really working to take patrick's spot in the kitchen as a worker patrick's been working in at his business not on his business mm. and so really in the last couple of weeks my future looks so much brighter than it was if you would have asked me this question a month ago i'm glad we're doing the interview now yeah, yeah no it's super exciting because 
we are in a super challenging position. Not all restaurants are still suffering. I mean, there are restaurants who are far exceeding where they were before COVID. Um, and then there's, you just kind of have all the factors that line up where we're at today. We are in the heart of a downtown that still has a good majority of the office spaces available for lease. We have a company the size of Cargill who still has a very empty building, who still has people officing at home. For all those who officed from home, they're not necessarily coming back downtown for breakfast and lunch, maybe a mid-morning, a mid-afternoon, and then they are coming for dinner things, you know? So our weekends, ever since we reopened after that three months closure, even when we were at 50% capacity, our weekends have always been full. We've always been on a wait, no matter what capacity. Our weekdays were like a desert for, so we didn't reopen on Tuesdays. So we had, we're closed Monday and Tuesday. And our Wednesday, Thursday, Friday business, we're still, I believe the last I knew it was at 18% below pre-COVID. Mm -hmm numbers so we still have a room to go on that wednesday thursday this is the wednesday thursday so and i don't foresee us reopening on tuesday at this point because with a restaurant like ours everybody is full time like you everybody works the same five days you right. get the same monday tuesday off two days off in the restaurant industry back to back right. is golden right so we don't want to take that away from our staff and um but so we had every, um, everybody's tired of hearing the labor we it was just the same if not you know and when we hire them we're like dude we really are the hardest kitchen so if you don't think you're up for that let's have a real frank like you don't need to blow sunshine my way let's have a real do you think this will work for you um but the rising cost of food was something that is really in the last year. I mean, at Easter time, when eggs, we know eggs normally are at an average 15 to $17 a case. A case is 15 dozen eggs, right? Right. A case would normally be 16. At Easter, $61. Wow. The numbers have flipped. You cannot raise your prices to accommodate for such an increase. Uh, this week they were at 54 a case. So we do an annual menu review and it's always in June. We did not raise from, from June of 21. We didn't adjust with any of this going on. We just did it in June. We didn't do everything. We couldn't do it some things we just would rather win the popularity contest, you know, and um, if there's anything ruining our joy right now, it is the cost of, of food. It's not as much the labor anymore. It's the cost of food. So we'll see. What does our future look like? You know what? Um, I, uh, if a full service restaurant, because we are full service contact people in the heart of downtown, um, if this concept ends up dying and going away and everything turns to fast casual and 
you know, uh, the sassy server becomes a thing of the past, mm -hmm. we'll convert to a fast casual. And we already kind of have in mind what that would look like if, if, because honestly, the hardest staff to hire were hosts and bussers and dishwashers. So you don't need hosts and bussers and dishwashers if you have a fast casual. Right. So we've, you know, we've played with that many times. And we have somebody really, really trying to motivate us to give that a try somewhere else in town. But you know what? This is home base. This is the mothership and Patrick and I are 10 years into this game and at 55 and 56 I just I I want to be at least here if not I I if we were still right here 10 years from now I would be so happy that we existed for 20 years that would blow my mind I mean the odds were so against us ever making it to even year five. I mean, and we slowly, every year, just a little bit more. And my husband, the lifetime restaurant person, promised that when we opened, we'd have this honeymoon. And, and we're not supposed to have it all figured out at that point. You're just opening. I know you've never opened a restaurant. Just bear with me. We'll go like that. And then he goes, don't freak out. We're gonna then go down because your honeymoon's over. You're not a grand opening anymore. And that's when you take your time to reassess your systems, your processes, your prices, your recipes. You readjust. And then you should hopefully do this, and then you want to do this. The Doodah Diner has done nothing but this slow, slow creeping, which meant we were constantly breaking our own record. That oven was getting more broken. When it slows down, we'll stop and fix it. When it slows down, we'll stop and write down the recipes it took eight <laughs> years Jeez. we have over 200 recipes I can we imagine. have paid three consultants a lot of money who ended up throwing their hands in the air and saying you have too many recipes <laughs> nobody does that many like we get it i know sir i i know i'm sorry jelly you know and then i threw gel strawberry jalapeno jelly in it and but i mean it just it's yeah we we will pivot. I'm blown away that we're 10 years old. Isn't that, talking about it all, I haven't really like, you guys are forcing me through this timeline. You're welcome. And it's kind of blowing my mind at the same time. Like, yeah, crazy. Sorry. That's okay. I've got one final question for you. Oh, just one. You can head on east. And I know you've said several times you're a foodie, so it might be a tough question. What are some of your favorite local restaurants you like to eat at in Wichita? Wow. I know. Okay, so you know I was born and bred here. So, Angelo's has to go to the top of the list because okay. my father used to sell advertising to Angelo. And on the night that I was born at St. Joseph Hospital, before I had arrived my dad went and picked up pizza for all the men in the father's waiting room and um, Angelo gave him a couple of dozen zeppies for free. Mm. Angelo's has always had a big spot in my heart so 
Angelos, Felipe's junior, okay. way out east. <laughs> sure. Been going since I was um, third or fourth grade. So, true fact, there was never a time that after I left for college that then I was a visitor back to Wichita for the next 25 years. There was never a time that I came back into town and did not go to Felipe's Jr. Love Even it. when my mother would make me promise to come home first because she was making dinner, I would sneak to Felipe's first. Have a talk. And she could always tell because <laughs> well, right. you yeah. have a little... <laughs> belch and the whole room knows you've just had Felipe's Jr. Okay. So, um, okay. Other, there's so many. Um, we love N&J's. Mm -hmm. I love Piatto Pizza. Okay. Um, we love New Way. New we, Way Cafe. New Way. Um, we we drive to Pizza John's in Derby. We mm. absolutely love it. You walk in, it smells like a Pizza Hut from 1978. Okay. The toppings are just the same small that they used to be at Pizza Hut back then before they got big chunky. Mm. They only have the thin crust, which is, ice. I mean, you. It, to me, it is a flash in the back to what Pizza Hut used to be. Purveyor of round meals and flat snacks. I've actually never been there. I need to go. <laughs> we love George's. We love Vora. Um, we love Sumo. We just mm. had an amazing meal at Kobe the other night. Uh, I have requested that for my birthday this year. Oh, you know, I know. never think of it in time to get reservations. You have to get reservations. They are always popping. Oh, so, yes. We have gone. We have driven to the west side. Yes. And they've turned us away because yes. they couldn't get us in. On like a Tuesday night. Patrick was so proud of himself. What night was it? Sunday night. And there was a, we got to sit. I love, you know, community tables. Right. We used to get in so many people not liking community tables. Um, sat next to the coolest kid. He attends Curtis Junior High, which was my alma mater. And it was his 13th birthday. And we had more fun with him the other night at Kobe. And the food was just phenomenal. I'm excited. I, I mean, you know, we effort. go to so many restaurants. We, we do. We eat out about. 75% of the time. Okay. I'm embarrassed to say. Mm, wow. But we hit them all. And um, we... El Patio is one of my favorite. I love El Patio. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was might have been there for lunch. Um, you know, um, in that, I never remember. Taco 6648924 something or other. TJ Taco numbers on west street take your word for um, it yeah 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 um there's just so many cool i love wichita is a really foodie town and i will say i i get to talk to a lot of visitors and those who come in and stay uh, we get a lot of pilots from mm. flight safety mm -hmm. um people are very impressed with wichita like they're like the secret isn't out on this town you guys are like a little austin you've got cultural arts you've got sport i mean i windsor i there's so wsu basketball i mean yeah. we've got amazing things here and we do have amazing restaurants but we're more than just restaurants mm -hmm. i mean 
and we kind of like it that way. So we're fine to be a flight. People can keep flying yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Leave the food to us. Yeah, leave it to us and, and leave Wichita. Wichita is, I will say downtown has done a 180 from the day we opened 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> like, seriously, this was scary. This was scary. And befriended a police officer on the very first Saturday when he pulled up and went parallel to my building. And I go out with my happy little cup of coffee. Hi, I'm the new restaurant owner. Would it be a problem to move like to the side of the building? Cause these are my only three spots. <laughs> and you're like, mm, taking up all three. And he, long story short, he was grumpy that day, but ended up becoming like a brother to us. He's hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. He drilled in our head what we could and could not do in this location and gate was very explicit about what caused the six other restaurants that tried this location and it was how we handle our homeless population Mm. in this location and he came in and talked to my staff he passed away about five years ago and he was another part of our magic like he had talks with staff. He wanted me to get a gun. He wanted me to protect myself and all it. Just, yeah. So no, we, we've taken a dead corner. I'm very proud about taking a dead corner in downtown Wichita and, and made it into a happy, whimsical. And 2014 Riverfest. I see it over there. Hoopla and Doodah. Yes. And they That's right. called to let me know that they fully complimented us on taking what was a derogatory slam of a name and turning it into something magical and happy and whimsical. So I for that. There you go. Mama Duda. Hometown. All right. Here's a chance. Plug your socials, website. Tell us where we can find anything that we need to know about Duda and Mama Duda. <laughs> you know, I'm an old fashioned Facebook girl. And oh, we started it. <laughs> I am. I'm old. What should I say? MySpace. Well, no, it was Zanga or something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no. Um. My goal in the next ten years, I'm getting on TikTok. I've been doing oh, some okay. little. I will tell you, I've Let learned more dances. about plants, pets, and all yeah. kinds of things on TikTok. And um, Duda Diner is going to be up in its TikTok game coming very soon. The Wichita podcast will follow you because yeah, that's my TikTok. Very good. <laughs> so right now I just I have a Mama Duda because that's what all the basketball teams guys have always called me, and I've had team members call me Mama D, and so I have a a Mama D. Then we have Duda Diner, okay. and then I have Timory. So it's a little overwhelming right now, and I'm not sure. doing anything really well on any of them, but I'm learning. Okay. So, yeah, it would be just Doodah Diner. Okay, and website. All together. DoodahDiner.com. No, hy- no hyphen, no in, hyphen the, in, the, right. in the website. It, that's world. the way the websites work. It's yeah. fine. It's all together. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us today. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we got. I gave you way more no? material. Uh, You're going to be good. able to. It's no. going to be perfect. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Mama Duda herself. It was awesome. We had a lot of fun. Um, like I said, go down to Duda. Tell them the Wichita Podcast and 3M6 sent you. Go check out the Pig Out Bros video. Go check out the blog. All sorts of great content. 
We're very excited for their anniversary, which is today, if you're listening when this first drops. Um, very excited for them. 10 years. It's awesome. Go check them out. Um, check out also wichitapodcast.com. A lot of great stuff out there. Uh, a lot of history. We just hit 50 episodes. 50 episodes. That's crazy. Um, so go check that out. 3m6.com as well uh, to find all the blogs, the podcasts, the videos, everything you need for the 316 and all the good eats. Special thank you, as always, to Emily Hahn, technical director, realtor extraordinaire. Brighter Tomorrow is out on all of the different music places that you can listen to music. So go check that out. Um, thank you also to Anna Sophia. She did the theme music for this podcast and also for our videos. So go check her out at Anna Sophia Music on Instagram. You can check her out also, Anna Sophia Henry on Spotify. And while you're at it, big, while I'm at it, I guess I should say, big thank you to my cousin in law, Steven, for the logo. So thank you everyone for listening and bon appetit, Wichita.